At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is the Lombardi Live with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Hey, everybody, and welcome in. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line, presented, as always, by BetMGM. We're across the country this morning. I'm Ben Wilson in Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Great to be back with Michael Lombardi from the East Coast into Jersey. Uh, tough night for your Sixers, though, Michael. <laughs> Close, but uh, you no know, cigar. Ben, I love... I mean, I love that court. I mean, yeah, that's the story of their. That's the story of their. I mean, since 1982, since they won against the Lakers, that's been the story of their franchise. But I mean, everybody back here is complaining. There's no bench. I mean, look, that's the reality. You know, Niang couldn't make a play. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. I mean, they make all these trades. They have all this thing. They missed Thibault defensively. I mean, I think you could see that pretty clearly. But, you know. I, I think at some point they're going to have to have a come-to-Jesus conversation with themselves. It's just never – they're not better than Boston. They're not better than Milwaukee. They're not going to get out of this. And so, as Joel Embiid said after the game, this is, you know, this is – the woe is me. This is the story of our lives. I mean, as a Sixer fan, I mean, I've seen this movie before. I've seen it. And they're just not built to be mentally, physically tough enough. And it starts with their ownership and, you know, their head coaches. His, you know, he's got a great PR campaign with them, and it makes $10 million a year, but I'm not sure you get any value out of that. The crazy end game there with the Jason Tatum three, just kind of the final dagger in the heart of the Sixers fans, and then Embiid, like, the, you know, as if it couldn't get any worse. You, you've ma- you make a 70-footer, but it was clearly like a second late, and uh, Mike Breen was ready to go crazy and explode, but no, not <laughs> not meant to be in the, in the Celtics win. And it, like at least it was, a, it was a very good game back and forth, yet Sixers in a chance to really prove well, their medal against the top team could not hold on to a double-digit lead. No, I mean, look, every time he, there's no, the, the bench was, you know, Niang, uh, Paul Reed came off the bench. I mean, there's no bench. And, you know, this is part of the issue. Shake Milton comes in. Milton played well when everybody was hurt. But now that he comes off the bench, Maxie didn't play well. I mean, they don't have a, they, they don't have any continuity with a bench or a rhythm to what they're doing. Maxie didn't play well. You know, Maxie's a liability defensively. So, but I think ultimately when you watch him play, their transition defense is horrendous. You know, it'd be interesting to see what JVT thinks, but that that's mm-hmm. really what happens is they let teams back in. And the one thing about the NBA is it's a it's a percentage league. So, you know, even though you have a fifteen point lead, you know, that's that's related to them not shooting well. Once they started shooting well and Horford made all those threes, you know, that, that kind of closes the gap and 
you know, I think ultimately you get 41 points from Embiid, you get all these rebounds from P.J. Tucker, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't clamp down, you can't play transition defense. I mean, they're not the best team in the East by far. I don't see it being close. I mean, Boston's beaten them three times, and the reality of it is, is Milwaukee at full strength will beat them. I think other teams can beat them. I don't think they're, they're I think they're a very average basketball team with an elite talent in Embiid. Sixers uh, now after the the loss, four games back of the Celtics in the East with the number three seed as of right now. That's why though the NBA great in game betting league, Michael. You could so many times you you understand I mean, those. If those you would have sat on the couch with, if you would have been on that couch with Bill Berman and I watching that game, we, you know it, it was. At 15-point lead, I, I said to my wife, I said, they're going to lose. And she's like, you're always so negative. I said, no, I've seen this movie before. Like, I know this. Like, I know. See, this is what I think people don't understand about sports. When you have to, uh, and I'm writing a column for tomorrow on Justin Fields. When you have to make plays, when the game is on the line, when it's most critical, that's truly the measure of your team. You know, the last five minutes of a game, the last five minutes of a half. And everybody gets caught up in the other areas when in reality, that's what the focus is. And the Sixers are just not good enough in that area. I mean, Embiid's a great talent, you know, but by the second half, he's always tired. You know, I mean, God, he's got Grant Williams guarding him. I mean, geez, oh man, you know, it's like Dominic guarding me in the low post. I mean, it's like a five-year, I mean, he could dominate him at any time. But they go when Boston went small and up the tempo, the pace of the game, it made it really hard for Philly. I, I mean, I don't know what Philly's end game. Marcus Hayes, who we've had on the show many times talking Philadelphia Eagles, he wrote a column this week about they're going to have to end up trading Embiid. And he got ram just got destroyed by yeah. all the analytical community. He got destroyed by the, the, all the people that love the process that still think, Ben, they still, I'm sure you're one of them too. They still think the process worked. You know, they think it was brilliant. (laughs) And so, yeah, (laughs) I know, I know you're an analytical guy. I know you love the process. I know it's, it's the most, it's a Ponzi scheme, but keep loving it. It's okay. So anyway, so uh, to the reality here is, is that, you know, I mean, what Hayes wrote is what most people in the league think will happen, is they think at the end of the year when the Sixers don't get to where they're going to go, they're going to have that come to Jesus, and they're going to have to – a lot of people think he'll end up on the Knicks next year. I don't know if that's true, but I do think what Hayes wrote about trading him, I think it's going to have to come up because Harden might opt out and play in Houston next year. They gave up all those draft picks for Harden. I mean – it might go down as one of the worst trades in basketball history. Not that we wanted to keep Simmons, but all mm-hmm. the draft picks that were paid for Harden. When Harden isn't an elite player anymore, it's going to go down as one of the worst trades of all time. It's like in today's version of the NBA where stars on a whim just decide, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Is it really worth paying the type of capital to guys with as much baggage now? And that's, I, that's probably the big question coming out of the whole, uh, the whole James Harden experiment, at least from Philadelphia's uh, perspective. It's also a big NBA day today, though. We have a bunch of really good games, starting with Suns and Bucks, 1 p.m. Eastern. And you mentioned Jonathan Von Tobel. He's our VEASAN NBA analyst. He'll stop by the show in about 40 minutes. Part of a uh, big Sunday show for us here today. We have Doc Walker stopping by in hour number two, the former NFL tight end, now the Washington Commanders analyst. And we'll go out to the Borgata with the race and sportsbook director there in Atlantic City, Thomas Gable at 1130 on the East Coast. So a lot a lot for us to get to today. The other basketball news that uh, was was making the rounds last night, Brandon Miller, another game in for Alabama, the superstar freshman, and he's getting patted down by a walk-on as he enters, as he's uh, announcing the starting lineup, like, what what are we doing here in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. And the, the reaction from Alabama, NATO says he was drawing plays up, and so he didn't see it. Well, you don't have to see it. It's on video. I mean, what's your reaction to it? Like, seriously, what are you going to do about this? Like, that's a bad message. I mean, there's just the absolute tone deafness from the Alabama basketball program is ridiculous, and it's embarrassing, frankly. You know, and I think at some point this is going to continue to magnify itself. You know, they just keep, you know, keep making it, keep digging, whether it's Nate Oates' comments or whether it's this. I mean, how, how out of touch can you possibly be when you do this? I mean, like, seriously, if you would have been the coach and you saw that, immediately as a leader, you would have said, get him off the court. Like, send him in the locker room. Like, that's just completely tone deaf. It's mind-numbingly stupid that you would even put 
your team in that that you let your players do that. And also just, I, you know, I un, kind of understand on Nate Oates' end, you're thinking, there's no way, surely my guys can't be that idiotic to think it's going to, it's going to play well to just make fun of your star player providing a gun to a now ex-teammate who then is involved in a murder. Like, how is there any possibility that could ever work in a positive light for you? And, and yet uh, that's now, again, dominating the storyline. So if Alabama yep. thought this was going to go away, they're... A, it's not, and B, they're not helping. They're not helping themselves in the court of public opinion, regardless. And are now, by the way, zero two against the spread, at least from the betting implication. The team has looked; uh, they've barely beaten a couple of teams in a row. Uh, beat South Carolina on the road. Beat Arkansas only just by a couple points yesterday, and uh, have have looked very disheveled oh, and discombobulated at times. Yeah, they're going to crash. I mean, they'll get a number one seed. They're going to crash. I mean, this is look. It's pretty clear the culture within that place isn't good enough to beat and sustain against excellence because they're eventually going to crash and they're not building any fan favorites. I mean, it might, they might be favorites in Tuscaloosa, but they're not doing themselves any favorites with the behavior that they've given. I mean, it's really insensitive. I mean, you know, Nate Oates can complain about, you know, he wasn't prepared for the question and all. He's got excuses. That to me is another example of lack of leadership. I mean, how do you allow that to happen? How do you allow that to happen? Well, the kids just did it. I mean, seriously? I mean, is this where you are? I mean, I understand that. You know, he had no idea that when he bring that gun to that kid that he was going to do what he did. Okay. I mean, seriously? But, the, you know, I, I think there's more to come from the story as mm-hmm. we continue on. As much as it, within respective athletic departments, especially at these, you know, these major Power 5 schools, as much as the individual teams are different, there's definitely that interconnected web. And I can't help but think about Nick Saban as a guy who has as much power as anybody in that, in that athletic department, watching his athletic program as a whole, even though he doesn't run it, he's obviously the focal figure as the legendary football coach. Like, wh- What's going through his mind right now watching the basketball team just completely implode just from the, from the national perception here? You know, I got to think it's going to be, I mean, I would think, I mean, how about if you're Greg Sankey and you're the head of the Southeast Conference? What are you thinking? Forget about Nick. I mean, Nick's in the school. I'm sure he's, it's a bad light on the school. But how about if you're the Southeast Conference commissioner? I mean, this story is going to continue to grow. The behavior, the tone deafness of the Alabama basketball program, very clearly. Look, they've got $3.5 million, according to my sources, in NIL this year. We know Brandon Miller will then go become a free will be in the draft. Brandon Miller's agent is the same agent as Nate Oates. So we understand how this is all going to play out. But at some point, the tone deafness, the lack of respect for the young lady who lost her life and the family that horrible. she had. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbe- it's unbelievable. And, you know, for us as a betting network and people that give out betting advice, you know, part of culture affects our betting. You know, I mean, we have to understand that. Like, we know they're a really good team and Miller's a great player. But when it gets harder and it gets tougher, the culture is going to impact us. And so I'm just saying the line might favor Alabama, but don't count them as being a team that's going to be able to fight and be resourceful when it comes down to it. Last two games, Alabama has been favored by a combined 25.5 points. They have won their last two games by a combined five points. So even though they have still won, and you might hear people say, all right, they're just persevering through all this, they've vastly underperformed their market expectation, at least since this all came out, and are still playing freshman Brandon Miller, at least as of right now. Uh, We still have a lot more to get to, though. We're just getting started here on a Sunday morning edition of the Lombardi Line. More hirings around the NFL. The Denver Broncos have their offensive coordinator. We'll break down that when we return, get into Michael's most critical off-season NFL teams on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. 
I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. VSIN is excited to announce our new weekend lineup of live shows to cover the dynamic sports betting markets like no one else can. With some fresh concepts and pairings as we head into a new season of sports, VSIN will continue to deliver all the news, analysis, and insights you've come to expect from your favorite team of sports betting experts. Check out the new lineup starting on Monday. Lombardi Line still in its traditional time, 10 to noon on the East Coast, uh, 10 a.m. to noon East Coast time, Saturdays and Sundays, as well as uh, Mondays through Fridays from that at noon to 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. Stormy Bond and Tony Femi Abebefe into the fold with you, Michael, starting tomorrow. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick. One final show for us together, Michael. So you got to you got to yeah. drop as many, uh, you know, analytics bombs on me as you want today. You got you got like no, an hour. I, and 45 I don't drop to, them on you. I, <laughs> I, know, I respect analytics. I respect I them. I look them up. I mean, I, I respect. I mean, look, we're in the information business. We got to get all of it. Of I, I'm not a big believer. I wasn't a big believer in the process, partly because I think that, you know, Having draft picks is a really a wonderful thing. But unless you hit with the draft picks, unless you select the right players, you know, the, the draft picks become meaningless. I mean, you can have all the picks you want, but if you pick, you know, if you pick Okafer, you know, and you blow the pick, or if you pick Michael Carter-Williams, or you pick Nolan's Noel, or you pick, you know, Ben Simmons is the first pick in the draft, and a guy doesn't even want to compete, I mean, does it really work out? I mean, in theory... It's great, but I think Sam Presti took it to another level because he can at least select talent. So to me, that was my, my thing about the, the process was it's great, wonderful, get all these picks, okay, get your team better. The only reason they get him beat is because of the foot injury, you know, because that's, he slips the three, and he's been injury prone since then. But to me, I think that's what I have a problem with. I think this let's lose to get a higher pick is wonderful in theory. You got to make the right pick. I don't disagree at, at all. I mean, think about the the Milwaukee Bucks as a the the show's resident Milwaukee native here, Michael. You pick second overall. You take Jabari Parker. It's viewed to be the savior of the franchise, and he was a complete bust. Whereas Giannis Antetokounmpo is taken fifteenth after yeah, that, that, you that, tried that, to win and and didn't. You were eighth in the East, and he ends up that, being the greatest player in franchise that, history. That's the one I didn't understand. I mean. You, you know, when Hanky came in, he wanted to – he basically was deferring everything to losing. And so if you were going to take any player in the draft that year that had upside but wasn't ready to play, right? Like, it, like if you're going to tank, take Anthony Richardson. If you're going to tank, take Giannis. Because you might hit a home run, but you might also miss, but you're tanking anyway, so who cares? Instead, <laughs> yeah. they take – right? Yep, exactly. You know, and so it, it made it really didn't line up with the philosophy of the team. Like, and it's easy to look back and say, oh, well, that's just second guessing. No, I think if you read all the reports of Giannis coming out, it, he was hit or miss, right? 
he was great. Oh, we were going you know, off. Uh, we we're going off grainy YouTube videos against you know third division Greek league players. You'd, you had no idea. No idea. Yeah, you had no idea. Out. But you saw a six eleven athlete that you thought perhaps. And so I think to me that's the lesson there is like I'm not anti why I said it was a Ponzi scheme is because it it never it didn't work. It didn't work. I mean, they had the moment where it was going to work. They had all the, I mean, there's a documentary to do. The moment they picked Markel Fultz at number one yeah. is when it all fell apart. Yes. And yeah. then not only did it all fall apart, they doubled down and they, you know, they traded away, you know, Butler and all those things. I mean, you talk about how to ruin a franchise. There it is. Yeah. Well, you're uh, you're a big book guy, Michael. You got to check out uh, Mirren Fader's book on Giannis if you have not done so already. Just to, and that it goes into a lot of the whole the whole mystique around him. If we're talking, you know, bus or guys who worked in the NBA draft, Giannis obviously of the latter. Uh, they highly recommend uh, that uh, that read. Uh, we'll have more NBA talk a little bit later when Jonathan Von Tobel, our Visa NBA analyst, stops by in about a half hour. Some more coaching carousel news, though, Michael. As we go back to the NFL where we're sitting in this upcoming season with essentially half of the teams having new offensive coordinators and yeah. another hire happens yesterday. This one in more, more in that you know tertiary realm, right? Where it's Joe Lombardi, who was reunited with Sean Payton, who were, they worked together in New Orleans when Lombardi was his quarterback's coach. Lombardi having been fired after this past season in LA as the Chargers offensive coordinator. He is now back with Sean Payton in Denver as the Broncos offensive coordinator going into next year. Well, I mean, it's the perfect fit for Sean. He gets somebody that can run the meetings when he's not in there. Sean's still going to call the plays, and they both speak the same language. So it's kind of really – it was an easy hire for him to make because Lombardi has the ability – and I mean, he's run Sean's offense for the two years. Every place he's been, it's been Sean's offense. And, he, and Sean knows what he brings to the table, and they don't really have any philosophical differences when it comes to how do we want to set up a game plan, how do we want to execute, and how we want to coach the quarterback. So it's a natural hire for him, and, you know, and he gets to go on with his career. I think ultimately you know, he's had success when he's been with Sean. He has struggled when he hasn't. A lot of those struggles, I thought, in Los Angeles was the lack of alignment between the offense, defense, and the kicking game. If really mm-hmm. – you know, and I think ultimately the the lack of a runner to go along with Eckler out in Los Angeles, I think really hurt the Chargers. I think if they would have had a Lamont Murray or someone like that, a banger. When they lost Melvin Gordon, they lost that one-two punch. And I think today in football, you need that combination of backs. I mean, if the Raiders franchise Jacobs, I think they still need, whether it's Zaire White or someone else, I think you need another back. I think you need somebody that can do the opposite but can do the same and also could play at the same time. Because remember, football's a game where if you can substitute without substituting, it's a key thing, substitute without substituting. What comes to mind when I say that? San Francisco. San Francisco can substitute without substituting. They can go into two backs and a, a traditional 12 personnel, one back, <clears throat> or t- excuse me, 21 personnel, mm-hmm. two backs, one tight end. And they can create a formation out of that that looks like it's 11. It can look like 10. It can look like anything. And they don't substitute. So now that puts the defense in a lot of problems, right? If we stay base to their 21, they're going to throw it on us. If we go nickel to their 21, they're going to run it on us. So how do we want to handle that? We're going to have to come up with something to match their bait. That's the secret to having successful football teams. It's probably why Joe Lombardi found himself out of a job, too, in L.A. If you just look at how that manifested into the final game of the season, where you cannot, had zero ability from the Chargers' point of view, to run the football and work clock when you have this giant lead in the wildcard game and you're sitting there watching the game going, you're throwing the ball every time you have a, you're up by three touchdowns. What is going (laughs) on? And yet they could, they just could not and could not trust and could not execute on the run game. I mean, they start the second half off with a big lead. They got the ball. They can. Tr- they have the middle eight. They gave away the middle eight when they got when they get Jacksonville score at the end of the half. But they start off the they start off the 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 second half with a run. They lose four yards. The next nine plays are passes. You know, yeah. I mean, and then they couldn't get into it. And Jacksonville, like they have been able to do, kind of found their niche. Final game for the L.A. Chargers this season and the final game as offensive coordinator for Joe Lombardi. He's now uh, in Denver, though, with with Sean Payton. Uh, Speaking of Jaguars, we will get into them a little bit later because that is one of your top four teams, most critical NFL offseasons. Two of those teams uh, reside in the AFC South. So you have 
Uh, Joe Lombardi now reuniting with Sean Payton as Denver as the offensive coordinator. A similar reuniting of sorts. This happened a couple days ago, but wanted to get your uh, your take, Michael. We didn't get to it yesterday in Kansas City, staying in the AFC West, where now you have Matt Nagy uh, at the offensive coordinator position. So he is back with with Andy Reid, and he was already there, but now he's promoted and is the full OC, replacing right. Eric Bieniemy as he goes to Washington. So not a not a guy brought in from the outside. He was already there last season, no. but now elevated in the in that uh, team building. I, I, and I get the sense from talking to people in the league that Nagy, if, if Andy ever decides to leave, I think Nagy will be the heir apparent there with some experience, you know, different situation. He's back there. And look, you know, I mean, Nagy wasn't, could never kind of get the quarterback situation fixed in Chicago. You know, he gets thrust on. He takes the job in Chicago claiming he loved Trubisky, when in reality, a lot of people in Kansas City never did love Trubisky, right? That kind of was, if you want this job, you got to love Trubisky. It's a little bit like Arizona. Have you ever heard more popular opinions coming from coaches in Arizona about Kyler Murray? I mean, the head coach, love Kyler Murray's franchise player. The new offensive coordinator, Drew Petzik, oh, I love, he's a friend, you know, you could just see it scripted from within. If you want the job, you got to fall in love. And Coaches do this, and I think that's what happened with Nagy in Chicago. And then they went down the Justin Fields train, mm-hmm. and, you know, we know he tried to not play Fields initially, but, look, let's face it, Fields right now is a runner. He has not been a passer. When you have 15 games where you can't throw the ball for over 200 yards, when you have 16 fumbles in a, in a season, when you really can't throw it in the fourth quarter when you need to throw it, you're really not a passer. So for Nagy, after coming back to Kansas City last year as the quarterback's coach, offensive assistant, if you're talking continuity, this is A, predictable, and B, I mean, it makes as much sense as any hire, right, if you're talking a new OCs coming in this year? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just a smooth transition. And, and you know, look, uh, you know, Biennemi took a lot of crap from LaShawn McCoy about he didn't really do anything well. The guy that works for Andy Reid does a lot, but it's not on the surface of what you see because he's preparing him for the game. He's preparing him and understands what he needs to win the game and execute the game and call the game. You could, yeah, what, what is it to say? Like, couldn't have a player come out and said, oh, Matt Nagy, he wasn't really doing anything anyway. It could have been the same exact conversation yeah. as with, with the enemy. They were both integral parts of that organization. The enemy now in Washington is the OC, and it is Nagy as the OC for Kansas City. When we come back, we'll start Michael's critical off-seasons for NFL teams reviews. We did a couple yesterday. We go to the AFC South next. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. In addition to our new shows, VSIN will kick off new podcasts to give every better the insights, tools, and confidence to make smarter betting decisions. VSIN continues to expand its catalog of popular sports betting podcasts to cover every corner of the sports betting menu. No matter what sports you like to bet or how experienced you are, you'll find a podcast for you. The VSIN College Basketball Betting Podcast has some of the best college hoops analysis around. Breaking down the betting odds, lines, and totals, host Tim Murray hosts three episodes each week with invaluable contributions from alternating co-hosts Matt Humans and Adam Burke. The VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast featuring Danny Burke and NHL betting expert Andy McNeil cover all things hockey twice each week. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, there's also the GM Shuffle still twice a week, even through the NFL offseason with uh, Femi Abebefe. And, uh, and you, Michael, I've, I've enjoyed keeping up with yeah. all the off-season, uh, off-season chat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my man Elliot won't give us a day off. He just demands, no. you know, he's just got to get to work and just do it. You know, it's like he's like he's become Bill Parcells. Just keep <laughs> doing it, you know. I love the image of our producer, Elliot Bauman, as, uh, as Bill Parcells. That, that's, not a bit, that's not bad. I like the cop. Uh, and you'll have, yeah, I'll have more episodes coming up next week. Uh, Stormy Bond and Tony will be, will be starting her uh, reign as the, uh, the co-host here tomorrow. So excited for that. Uh, you'll, you'll get to be Me with Stormy too. as well as. Uh, Femi. So uh, really excited for that. Stormy was just working NFL, uh, XFL sidelines for uh, for ABC FX yesterday with that uh, Las Vegas Vipers game. So uh, pumped to welcome Stormy into the fold. Uh, we have some big offseason team topics to get into with you right now, Michael. We'll talk some franchise tag in our next hour. Dive into what you expect the Patriots to do in a little bit. For now, as we start to rank your top teams as far as most critical offseasons, we discussed the first two yesterday with it being the Washington Commanders and the Detroit Lions in the NFC. For the AFC, we'll go to the AFC South here. Talk two teams who are in very different spots heading into 2023. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> to say the least, right? With the Titans losing seven straight games, having a, a big overhaul. Really with the exception of head coach Mike Vrabel. So many new pieces and parts with uh, with uh, a GM fired. You have coordinators coming in and out. As uh, we start to look at the Tennessee Titans, 
Where do you just view them overall from a personnel standpoint, given that it was a team right in playoff positioning, yet ends the season on that horrific losing streak? You know, I think I think the Titans have to have a, an infusion of talent. I mean, you know, when you look at their roster and you see kind of how they've approached this thing, they haven't really been able to to get what they need from the draft, right? So they've had too many guys that, you know, the Isaiah Wilsons, where they draft him in the first round and they get nothing out of him. Khalid Farley, who they draft, and he gets, you know, they drafted him, he was hurt, and then, they, you know, again, he's hurt again, so it just continues down, and you know, they found some guys in the middle rounds that have helped their team, but they haven't really been able to develop it. And to me, I, I think the question is, are they going to go through a complete turnover or are they going to try to repair and stay competitive because Rabel's such a good coach? But I think it all starts and ends with their quarterback, right? So what are they going to do with Tannehill? Are they going to resign him? Or are they going to uh, re- re- extend him? Are they going to redo his contract? They need cap room badly, right? They're, they're over the cap. They need to figure out what they're going to do with the cap, with the cap room. And he has that large, as I mentioned yesterday, that large paragraph five of $27 million. They convert that to signing bonus. They'll, put, they'll lower his number, which will help their cap. So they got to figure out what they're going to do. Malik Willis is not ready to play quarterback, not even close. They told us that when they started uh, Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs, in that playoff game. I mean, uh, in the playoff game, when I say that, at the end of the year when they had to beat Jacksonville. And, and Dobbs actually didn't play too bad. But to me, I think this is a redo. I think when you lose seven in a row, you can't really run the football. Henry's a good player still, but, you, you know, you're tied to that scheme. You can't throw it. You have no skill on the outside that, that puts fear into anybody. You know, the Robert Woods signing didn't work out. So all those things. I, I think this is let's take a patient approach. And if you're Rand Carthon, you know, let's go back to how the San Francisco 49ers built their team, right? Draft mm-hmm. defensive linemen, draft offensive linemen, get, that, get the front settled and try to win. You can't run the ball. Jeffrey Simmons is still a great player. They got Bud Dupree inside, Landry. They're good up front. They're going to be hard to play. Try to manage the game and see if we can improve this offensive line moving forward. Because the one thing we do know, you know, other than Lawrence, who is the quarterback in the South that you're worried about? They don't have one. Great point. It, Ryan Tannehill, the numbers last year, not even the in, even counting the injury, but a 94.9 quarterback rating when not even under pressure a season ago. His worst mark since 2016 as a quarterback. Yeah. And with a cratering offensive line that finally ends up releasing a, an aging veteran in Taylor Lewan, who had been the anchor of that O-line, who graded out bottom 10 in a bunch of metrics a season ago across the board. That's where you look at it and you go, all right, a release saves your team about 17 and a half, 18 million in, in cap space. You're already in a difficult cap situation. If, if you don't believe and if it takes that infusion like you're talking about, Michael, and that's not going to be something that can necessarily just be overhauled overnight with a brand new offensive line, how much confidence and trust could you really have in Tannehill? I mean, I think when you look at the, I mean, Tannehill's going to get hurt. I mean, that's the problem. He's going to play behind that line. He's going to get hurt again. I mean, since the playoff loss to Cincinnati, it's really been challenging for Tannehill. You know, we know he went to therapy. That was devastating. He threw those interceptions, first play of the game interception. But when you watch this offensive line, I think the game to watch, it was kind of a remarkable game. When you watch them play Washington, Washington literally, Washington's defensive front killed them. Now, Tennessee somehow found a way to win the game like they always do, like they got to overtime against the Chiefs. But the Washington commander's front just destroyed, you know, the, every one of these offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And if they don't fix that, it's going to be a long, long haul. You know, they, they don't have a left tackle right now. You know, Dennis Daly is a kid they traded from Carolina. He's, not, he's a free agent. He's not good enough. Aaron Brewer, you know, Nate Davis. These guys, they're not, it's just they can't function. And it's a little bit like when you don't have an offensive line that can function effectively, it's like having bad, you know, you can't get anything going. And so it all kind of falls apart. And I think the reason why John Robinson lost his job is this construction of this roster is not very good. You know, there's no, I don't know. It's all grab bag. You know, what are we doing here? There's no philosophical belief. Now, they hit with some good players. I mean, David Long's a free agent. Yeah. <clears throat> They're going to have to. You know, I think what they'll do with him is Zach Cunningham's going to, they re-signed him to a deal, so maybe he's going to be the inside linebacker. But they got to figure out how to improve the offensive line before they get going. And it's a situation where you still have a head coach in Mike Vrabel who, despite the seven-game losing streak, it's hard to really put that on him. This is a guy who coached a team as a 12-and-a-half-point underdog 
in Kansas City on a Sunday night with a rookie quarterback who had zero ability to advance the football in a forward motion through the air downfield went to overtime and lost 20 to 17. Like this is a guy who he's perennially gotten the most out of limited to no personnel repeatedly. But you just wonder how long can that realistically continue, Michael? You left out the key component. They got one first down after the five-minute mark in the second quarter. (laughs) I think this tape should be in the Hall of Fame. I've been saying this all year. I think it's the most remarkable tape of all time. You gain 229 yards, you know, and it takes Mahomes Mahomes gains 500 yards. They, 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 you know, and it takes Mahomes scramble to get it. And and just so we get this aware, I mean, Kansas City only turned the ball over one time in the game. One like Kansas City kept sputtering out. I mean, it was one of the most remarkable games, but when they got back from Green Bay, when Dowling got charged with a DUI and the team kind of fell apart in that point, and they played Cincinnati tough, you know, Philly blew them out because Philly came out and did exactly what you have to do against Tennessee. You got to throw the ball. You got to say, look, if we can block you, we're going to throw it. You know, and then they Jacksonville, they had a lead on Jacksonville. They couldn't hold it. Turned the ball over four times. The Chargers, they go back and play a close game in the Chargers. Chargers kick a field goal. I mean, they kept every game close. Yeah. They just they just didn't have enough players. I mean, it's really remarkable. Vrabel did. I think it's one of his best coaching jobs, and nobody will talk about it. it on, yeah, that the, the Sunday night game in Kansas City, I would put that up as just the most remarkable case study, like box score, film games of the entire season. That and the Buffalo-Miami, was it week three game when Buffalo had like six billion yards oh, and yeah. lost the game to my outgained Miami by 400 yards and lost. <laughs> was still the most, that was still the most fascinating box score of the 2022 uh, NFL season. But, but you, the most fascinating game tape, if you watch them play Washington in week yes, five yes. before the bye, Washington just kicked the living dog out of them and throwing the ball in the red zone. I think uh, Wentz has got to throw for a touchdown and he throws the interception at the end of the game. I mean, that's another tape where you watch it, the tape, you're saying they're getting killed up front. Yeah. They're getting killed up front. And yet they found a way to win the game by four points. No doubt. Uh, so the Titans pick 11th in this upcoming NFL draft. They've already saved $38 million in cap space by uh, clearing that out by releasing Taylor the one, Robert Woods, kicker Randy Bullock. All gone. You mentioned Bud Dupree earlier, who's been a, a mainstay of that, you know, that defensive line, having signed a big contract, five-year, $85 million deal a couple free agency cycles ago for Tennessee, but has had some injury concerns at times. Yeah. Like, it's a big cap number, over $20 million, but it's like, you know, how, how, how far down do you go down the list where you still say, all right, we still need valuable pieces to build around, even if they are costing us? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the question. Is I think what Mike's got to decide is, is this a two-year rebuild? And, you know, should we keep Dupree? You know, do we redo his contract? He's got $17.5 million in base salary, right? What do we do with Landry? He's got fifteen. You know, Henry's got ten and a half, right? So you're going to have to figure this out. I mean, where are, is this going to be a two-year? This is not a one-year turnaround. But the one thing about Vrabel is he, like like Tomlin, he finds ways to win games with lesser talent. I don't know how you can count out Tennessee necessarily, especially considering the division, where they are going to be the second favorite by the odds coming into the year. Sure, they're eighty to one to win the Super Bowl, but the Colts are one fifty to one. The Texans are two hundred to one. It's not exactly, you know, the the NFC East from this past season where every, you know, everybody is solid. Uh, we will discuss the other team that is part of Michael's most critical offseasons, the Jaguars at hour number two. But up next, Jonathan Von Tobel on the NBA right after this. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. So what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. 
And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Restrictions apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place a NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one-game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. So go ahead and take your favorite NBA star to score big, the home team to cover, and the over in points. Opt into the promotion, then place an NBA one-game parlay wager of four legs or more, and you'll get up to 25 bucks back in bonus bets. If you miss one leg, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Love those one-game parlays, don't we? I know Jonathan Von Tobel love, love, loves the, uh, the one-game parlay. Uh, Michael, as we're back on Lombardi Line, we welcome in JBT, our VEASAN NBA uh, resident analyst from a snowy Los Angeles, as weird as that is to say. Uh, so th- thanks for hanging out with us early on a Sunday morning, uh, JVT. I know Michael has thoughts on the Sixers from last night. He was frustrated. Uh, what a oh. game, though, in, just in general, that, uh, that Jason Tatum once again is, I don't know, it's, it's weird to say he's almost had this like unheralded 2023 season where he continues to be clutch yep. time and again. And yet here we go. Celtics number one seed. They continue to look dominant and check off another box yesterday. And to your point, he's not going to sniff the MVP either, Ben, right? Like, that's the big thing here with Jason Tatum. He's been brilliant this season, and he's not going to get there. No, look, it's a tough loss, and Michael can speak to this as well. Michael, your 76ers are now 0-3 straight up and against the spread against Boston. They've had a lot of trouble containing the Celtics' offense for stretches. I mean, in the third quarter, to allow Al Horford to hit, I think, was it four three-point shots uh, on clean yeah. looks as well? Like, it's a really tough look for Philadelphia. You know, I've, I've got to I've take, you know, Michael, you told me to contribute it right to St. Jude's, I think it was. It's a good number at 24 to 1 for the 76ers. But the fact that they can't break through against a Boston or against a Milwaukee is obviously really troubling because these matchups have given them a lot of problems. So in a series, if the bracket falls right for them against Cleveland in the second round, I like their chances to get to the East. But if the 1-2 is going to be Boston and Milwaukee and they have to get through them in the second round, I don't see a path to the Eastern Conference Finals unless something changes here for them. No, I don't either. And their tra- JVT, their transition defense is horrendous. And, yep. you know, they make no adjustments in the game with the great Doc Rivers. And so, you know, it's just to me, it's like I, I just feel like they're just treading, you know, all this MVP talk. Well, you know, when you can't beat the elite teams, you know, and Tatum doesn't even get MVP talk, and yet he carries his team, you know, to the elite level. I, to me, it's just remarkable that we even have that conversation because to me, the MVP of the league, sh- you should be a part of the number one seed in the league. Yeah, and Michael, I think to your point as well, the straw poll tells us that, right? Tim Bontemps released a straw poll, but mm-hmm. we're coming up on two weeks now. And Joel Embiid was third in that. And I, and I think that's fair. I think part of the reason why Embiid climbed the way that he did, I think we all know it, right? It was that Saturday game against Nikola Jokic where he buries a three in his grill to essentially seal the game and everybody's watching a one-off performance. And so the market really freaks out and the liability starts to build up. And so odds makers adjust. But when you're still looking like the, the fact that we're watching what has happened, right, over the last couple of games and the fact that the odds are continuing to grow uh, for Joel Embiid or, you know, he's becoming more probable, right? He's down to plus 350 while Giannis continues to drift. I think it's pretty nuts. I think if you're making a bet here, I thought at eight to one, 
Giannis was worth it. But if you're getting double digits on Giannis Antetokounmpo, oh, yeah. a guy who is ascending, right, and his team is winning games, like they won't stop. And it's because of the way that he has been playing. I'm really surprised the market not only saw what the straw poll said, adjusted with Nikola Jokic, but then continues to move the way that Joel Embiid does when it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I think has been, in, in terms of voters and listening to some of the voters in their podcast, Michael, that he is becoming more likely to win this thing. Crazy. Yeah, I mean it's all perception. It's it's all perception, Ben. I mean, I mean even Jason Tatum at eighteen to one. I mean, I mean eighteen. I mean, I'm gonna let's start today. Luca, uh, the Lakers, the revamped Lakers. I don't know how revamped they are, and the Dallas Mavericks certainly revamped. They they face off today. I mean, if this Mavericks team emerges as a dominant team in the West coming out, if their bench is strong enough, JVT, Luca twenty one twenty to one is a hell of a play. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be tough for him to surmount that. But to your overall point, Michael, like the probability of him winning that thing, I think is a little bit higher than the market is giving him credit for because the market is, we can say this, I think we can astutely observe that the market is mispriced because Joel Embiid should not be the second most probable MVP candidate at this point right now. So there is value in this market. There is some on Giannis. There might be some on Luka. But to your overall point, what's going to be interesting for the Mavericks is how they clean things up defensively. So like these possessions, right, with Luca and Kyrie on the floor have gone exactly as we expected them to, right? Their offensive rating is over 130. They've been brilliant on that end of the floor, but their defense is a really big question mark. They can't play Chris Wood with those two out there because their defense becomes absolutely abysmal. And, and that's, I think, the thing that is going to get tested, and it's going to get tested here today. You know, think about it just from a size perspective. Who on this Dallas Mavericks roster is matching up with Joe, LeBron James on a possession-to-possession -possession basis, right? Because their one guy, he's not a stopper, but he was the one dude who would match up with them. Dorian Finney-Smith is now a Brooklyn net. And so this is a team that is severely undersized along the wings to match up with teams like the Lakers, like the Clippers defensively, and others that have that presence there. And even with some strong backcourt pieces, like if they match up with the Golden State Warriors, who's chasing Steph Curry around? So I think that when you look at Dallas, this is going to be a big question. It also ties into today. I put a half unit play on the Lakers on the money line. I think when you look at what the Lakers' new lineup has brought for them, they are quick, they are athletic, they are switchable, they can get out and run, they can defend at a relatively solid level. A plus 26.4 net rating with their starting lineup, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. I think they're really going to test the Mavericks today, and I think we're going to see that defense get a little dinged up. You can find that consensus plus 150 right now on the money line. Lakers and yep. Mavericks, one of three really big national TV games. Lakers, Mavericks at 3.30 Eastern. The first of the national games, JVT, it's the Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks, 1 p.m. Eastern there at Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee. We did not expect Giannis Antetokounmpo to play coming out of the All-Star break. He plays, surprisingly. The line goes insane, moves from one and a half to six and a half against the Miami Heat. Then he only plays six minutes and injures himself, this time a quad injury after having the right wrist sprain. Now he's doubtful again today. Line, though, is going to the Bucks. Couple shops just went up to three and a half or four now. What do you expect in this, in this matchup with the Suns and Bucks, uh, two of the Titans here squaring off? You know, the, the Bucs, and, and I know, Ben, that this is your your child, your love child, right? You love the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they have frustrated me with the way that they have handled these injury designations because, and, and Matt Meisman, who I've had on the podcast before, does a great job. He, he does a great job monitoring these injury reports and tracking everything and giving you a point spread perspective for what each player's worth. Um, he, he's pointed this out before, which is, like, the for the Bucks, for example, doubtful for Giannis Antetokounmpo is questionable. But questionable for Giannis actually is more like doubtful. Like, they've been playing these games with these injury designations for a long time. You mentioned that Miami game. He was listed as doubtful on the morning injury report, Giannis yeah. was. And then he ends up playing that game. And then here we are again. He's listed as doubtful this morning. And so what's, what's starting to happen? Now the, the market's starting to move to Milwaukee. That would be an assumption that Giannis is going to play here today. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But I'll say this about this game. You know, Giannis is is really important, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And the one thing that has really stuck out about Phoenix is they're still trying to work things out offensively, especially with this new-look team they got because they shipped everybody off. But they're starting to quietly put things together from an offensive perspective. If you look at their new starting lineup, it's Chris Paul, Booker, Aiton, with Josh Okoge and Torrey Craig. That's a plus 17.6 net rating. It's an offensive rating of 127.6. It's a really short sample size. But they've actually started to kind of unlock some things. They started to put Jock Landell in the starting lineup. That wasn't really working out. This smaller group that they're putting out there has really worked, and it's going to be interesting to see if that's more of a flash in the pan from a small sample size perspective or if that's actually something that's going to test one of the best defenses in the NBA. But for this game, you just got to wait, man. Like, you, you got to wait till the sneaker hits the wood if you know that Giannis is going to be out there because you never really know. How about defense? Okay, the Clippers, what they give up, 178, yeah. 178 the other night? I mean, we got the, the, the Nuggets coming. They got to go to mile high. I mean – 
when are the Clippers going to get it all? Like to me, the Clippers, JVT, are a, a talented team. Are t- have a lot of talented players. They don't seem like a team yet. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Michael. And they should be better, right? And this this is the frustrating thing about the Clippers is so at the beginning of the year they were great defensively, but their offense was terrible. Now since the beginning of January, their offense has really come along, but their defense has been extremely inconsistent. And so to your point, the potential is there. We've seen it on both ends of the floor for stretches this season, but it hasn't really come together. I'll say this. Their offensive rating and their net rating continues to be elite with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out there. And maybe you can chalk up this defensive inconsistency to them breaking in new lineups, right? Because now they're starting to get healthier. They're moving pieces around. Russell Westbrook was a new addition. And one of the key moments in the end of regulation was a miscommunication on a guy off ball. And they lost him and it ended up uh, in the basket for a game tying three that eventually went to overtime and a loss. So, like, maybe you're making the case, Michael, that they're breaking in new rotations. Guys are working out their communication. And maybe they'll be better at some point. But as somebody who holds like a 14 to one ticket on the Clippers to win the NBA finals, who believes like ultimately in the big picture for this team, the inconsistencies on defense are pretty Mm. troubling. So I would agree with you. And in this spot here, it's just whether or not you're going to be able to match up with Denver because Denver has smoked them, Michael, since they lost that Orlando series. Remember when they were up three, one, this has been a bloodbath every time they have gone up to Denver. This number would indicate the Clippers are the slightly better team. So you'd monitor the injury report because the Nuggets are on the second leg of a back to back. But if everybody's at full strength, uh, this should be about three and a half, four. And that would be a pretty decent play if you're looking at the Denver Nuggets perspective. And you see this Especially all the way since down, Denver, what Denver's lost four games at home this year. I mean, they're 27 <laughs> right. and four. I mean, it's that's a, that's a that's a slight line. At two and a half or three right now on on the market. Yep. Denver hosting the Clippers. That's the 10 p.m. Eastern marquee matchup tonight. Jonathan Von Tobel, you can follow at MeJVT, our Vsin senior NBA analyst, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. His full plays as well available online for our Vsin Pro subscribers. He's got to play on that uh, that uh, Nets Hawks game as well. A little uh, Nets team total under there. JBT. So looking forward to that one as well today. Hope you make it home safe at some point. That blizzard in LA. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, JBT. We will come back. Hour number two. Talk some franchise tag with Michael here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.